My name is Anthony Capazzoli, and this is the Dismantled Life Podcast, where we share stories of hope, love, and strength from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of sobriety. These are stories from people just like us who have lived through the pain and made it. No matter how bad it gets, just know that you can and will recover. It takes work. It takes hard work. Each week, we talk in detail about what it takes to make it, what it takes to beat your addictions. I am a recovering addict from alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. My addiction started in eighth grade. I am now 50. I had over 40 years of very bad habits to break. I hit rock bottom hard. More than once, I nearly died. I would have left my wife and two young children behind. I've been clean and sober for nearly three years. I completely dismantled my entire life and rebuilt it from the ground up. I believe to make it in recovery, it takes a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. It takes a positive mindset. It takes hard work. It takes a village. Join me weekly to learn from my sober superhero guests on the Dismantle Life podcast. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts and let me know if you want to be on the show. Happy recovery. Going out there, losing it, losing like closing the fish plant and stuff was like not good for my mental health because I kept oh, looking yeah, at yeah. it, kept looking at it, kept looking. Not that it just like, I don't know. It was like I had to go through this transition though, right? Of like going there. Like I just went there now to get my headphones, which I realized don't fit into my computer. And I'm like, uh, I don't really need to go here anymore. Like I really, you know, so I'm glad that, you know, I got to this point, you know, since that whole, cause I mean, <clears throat> that was my, I worked that business for five years, made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, did a lot of things. Right. So, and I hate to be one of these people, but I do believe everything happens for a reason. Cause I think the path that you guys are on now, man, is amazing. It, it really is inspirational what you're doing every day and how many people you help and you're living by example, leading by example. It's, it's refreshing to see that you put it all out there. Not a lot of people do it like you, man. It's it's crazy, but you put it out there in a real way. Like you're not putting on a show for fucking social media. Like you're just, you're doing you in a great way. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that, and so that, you know, that's, that's what I love, right? Is I actually, you know, here's the dream, right? The yeah, real dream of absolutely. me working, you know, creating this 11 years ago. Right. 11 years ago, I started working on, you know, on this <laughs> and yeah. to now like actually have it and actually be it is like, like, like I was saying, I was on, I was on this podcast earlier this morning and, you know, I was, I was saying, you know, it doesn't even matter how much money a guy has. I am the richest I have ever been on the inside that I will ever touch, man. It yeah, like, it's real. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's awesome. I love it. I really do love it. Cause honestly, bro, it's, it's hard for people. I don't know how to describe it. It, 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 it. It's hard for people to understand the concept of wealth without riches. And, and what you're describing to me, and, and I think a lot of people in recovery can say that, like they lose the concept of materialism. You lose the concept of keeping up with the Joneses, we lose the concept of conspicuous consumption and it becomes this very real tangible thing from the inside. And it's it's amazing. It takes all the bullshit pressure off it, in a positive way. You're working for different things. The gold to you and me now 
and I, I'm inserting me in the conversation. I don't mean to do that. It's a, yeah. but what I'm saying is the riches come from within and the joy comes from simplicity and, and helping people. And, and it's, it's hard for people to understand until they've done it. I've lived it and been a part of it, you know? Well, it's uh, like it's, you, you inspire, like it's inspiring myself is the interest to inspire others is the investment, right? So interest, investment, interest, investment, Yeah. right? And that's Absolutely. what, that's what, that's what happens when you, like, that's, that's how it all happened for me, right? Like uh, just starting this whole thing, right? Like thinking about this 11 years ago, right? Why did yeah. I do this? Because I was missing something. I was missing something. And you know what I was missing? Me. I was missing me, even though I worked that AA program and did the steps for a year and all the steps. And then went to NA, did the same thing. I was still missing me and how to figure out how to be, be me. (laughs) And, and, you know, those rooms are great rooms. They are, they're wonderful rooms. They're a great place to connect. The the steps give you what you need. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it, like you, I'm recovery agnostic. And, and what I mean by that is I think however people get there, they get there. I, yeah. I don't necessarily think that you have to take a 12 step program, but I think whatever works for the individual, they should do that. And so just to insert uh, that, that I really understand what you mean, because I have been sober for nearly four years and I hit a wall in my recovery where I started becoming just for lack of a better way to put it, a dry drunk. I was angry all the time. I wasn't happy about stuff. I was just miserable. And what I realized through a dear friend of mine who's been a guest on the show, who helps me and and sponsors me and does a lot of wonderful things for me in my life, suggested, um, along with my wife at the same time, I have to give her credit where credit is due here, uh, that I needed to go talk to a therapist and start to deal with some of these underlying traumas and issues. And this is by no, in no way, shape or form pointing the finger at anybody else for my bullshit. I did what I did. I drank what I drank. I drugged what I drugged. But what I'm saying is I had some underlying issues that I had to tend to that I was ignoring. And I, I could only have gotten to that point through my four years of sobriety. And now that I'm there and in therapy and talking to professionals and clearing the slate as it were, or dealing with the slate, right? Whatever's out there has helped me tremendously. And and when I see you on your, with your videos, uh, I'm going to say promoting, but you're not really promoting you're, 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 you're living it. So I don't mean it. I'm not trying to minimize it at all, but no, uh, when you're out there doing the showing the videos and when you're doing the side by sides, dude, I can see it in you, how excited you are and what you're bringing for people in recovery that a lot of these folks have never experienced. They've never had someone on their side, supporting them, helping them, talking to them. And I'm going to say being a sponsor, both through a program and as a friend, a dear friend that they can rely on that maybe they've never had before. I'm, I have no idea. I don't know any of the people that you work with personally, but I'm saying that it's great to see. It's wonderful to see. Well, and <clears throat> the thing is too, is like the, the, um, the, the sponsor versus coach, two different things, right? Two yeah, totally yeah. different things. Right. So <clears throat> the reason I decided to go for coach in year three was to get to that next level right? There's a, there's a level of accountability that comes in with a coach when you put in the interest and the investment in yourself, 
yeah. right? There's a whole different accountability level, right? So now it's like, I'm jacked up and I'm kind of like listening and I'm not like, you know, I don't know. I found like I was, uh, maybe I'll call him today. Ah, I don't have to call my sponsor today. I got this. Nah, I don't have to do that. I, don't, I got this. I'm working. Ah, I don't have to do that. Yeah. I'll go to a meeting. Ah, I don't have to. <laughs> That's how it was. And yeah. then, then I was wondering why, what I was missing. And the whole missing part was the, the whole missing part was like what I wasn't taught in those rooms. And it's okay to say that. Oh, it is yeah. okay yeah. for a human being to say, it is okay for a human being to say, because I love Bill and Bob, Bob and Bill or whoever they are. Of course. yeah, I love them. I do. Cause Absolutely. they gave me the fundamentals at the beginning of my life of this transition of who Jay Corey, Jay Barnard was. And gave me a little bit of an understanding of how to have some foundation and pillars. That's yeah, what they gave yeah. me. But in order for Jay to take it to the next level and have this long-term maintenance, whatever that may be, on that long-term recovery, whatever that may be for everybody else, anybody, could be counseling, could be therapy, could be therapists, sure. could be coaches, could be whoever, right? Like we all have a place in the world for that. And every time you go through something like that, that's when you start identifying more things about yourself because you're on this journey for you. <laughs> that's why it's called help my personal effort. That's what I was doing in, the, in, the, in the, that first, in that third year, right? Like, I mean, really, I was just like always asking, you know, like those first two months of getting a relationship coach. Why did I get a relationship coach? I didn't know how to have a relationship with myself. If you're walking down the woods in Ottawa and you're going through these nice, amazing things, how come I was never smelling the air? How come I was never seeing the trees, not hearing the, the, the leaves crackle or the snow or hear the birds or nothing? Because I was consumed and I had so much pressure going on inside my head, even at two years clean and sober after working the steps on both sides of the programs, I still was consumed and obsessed with something that I was missing, right? So I'm missing life now. I missed enough of life while I was drinking and using. There's no point in missing life now. Why is right. the point of missing life? I didn't get into this to miss life. I didn't get into this to be difficult. I did enough difficult. I did tons of difficult. Why, why, why take difficult and bring difficult forward? That's just the waste of difficult. Why? Yeah. Right. I, why? I, I love, well, that's a great way to put it, first of all. But maybe let's, can we take a half a step back? So in case people don't know, the two great, I'm going to put it in two camps. You've got recovery couple yeah. and then recovery coaching. And I, I want to talk about maybe the, have you talk about rather the, the, the both programs, because I, I love both. And I love what you guys are doing, man. I mean, I, I follow you and I watch and I listen in the videos and it's, it's really good because there's a difference um, in you. Because you were on the show about a year ago, my pot the yeah. Dismantled Life podcast. Yeah. And now you're back a year later. And the, I, I have to say, is and I loved you back on when, when you and Ashley did the episode back in the day. You guys were great. But the difference with you now is enormous to me. And, it, and it's funny because I've watched this evolution, and I say that with all due respect, sir. Uh, this evolution into who you are now and how much you give back. And I, it's joyful. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's, that's what I do. Right. So like the whole recovery couple thing, I mean, that was, that was just, you know, I'm an entrepreneur by heart. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I was a drug dealer for years. <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best way to be learn how to do it, right? And, uh, oh my god, that's the truth, right? I mean, that's that's the truth. That's where my yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely. The streets, and if you know, if it wasn't, uh, and I, I was good at what I did. I mean, it took me nine years before they caught up to me, right? But the reason yeah. they caught up to me was because of the paranoia. But at the end of the day, as as that entity and as that person that I was bu- building the business that I was building I mean you don't you know you, you're going to take it if you like it or not and you're going to make money right so I really learned how to become a real entrepreneur and promote myself in a way that you know was good so you know all that stuff I just kind of flipped forward you know to the first brand which was Chef Recovery in 2009 you know and and, and getting Chef Recovery out there in a way that Oh, hey, holy cow, there's a chef. He's talking about his drinking and using. He's in the kitchen. It's rampant, like alcoholism, drugs all over the place in this industry. And here's this guy. This guy is talking about being clean and sober in the industry. He's wide open. He's getting booked in all different places. All of a sudden, now he's poor McMurray being a celebrity chef doing all these. Like, what is it? How is this guy doing this? Right. And that was that was the interesting thing about that time was and it's funny that I talk about that time because we're coming up on 14 years so it's just like that time that yeah, it's just yeah. like so many things have happened in that in in this in this blink of an eye to get to 14 years because that's really what it was it's been a blink of an eye and here I am at 14 years <clears throat> but when I say that time right and and I remember I remember Ron Ede you know god bless Ron Ede he was the the editor of the Ottawa Sun and they did a full out they did a full out front page of the Ottawa sun with, you know, the chef finds recipes to save his life. And it was all about how I found food, but how food was my first addiction. But yet I took food and then I started diving into food as a chef. And that is the way that I was healing was through food because I was creating dishes that were kind of named after, you know, like grilled powerless trout. So I was naming things that were identifying to my recovery or like, you know, what the heck else did I have? There were so many of them. I can't even think of them all right now. It was one of the crazy cookbooks that I tried getting going, but nope, didn't make it that far because, you know, I was too stuck in my head with the English teacher. Uh, grilled powerless trout, forever sobering spicy shrimp slaw. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Chocolates. What's that? Anyways, but there's a whole bunch anyway. And, um, but it got me to a point then where I could relate I could relate to what powerlessness was, right? I'm like, hey, grilled powerless trout, fish are powerless. You put a minnow down, you get a fish. Wait a second, I dropped this into me, I'm powerless, right? So that's how I kind of looked at it and identified it. And then that's how they put the story out there. And 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 that was like, that was in 2009. <laughs> I was like yeah. 2009. I was like, not even, I was like about a year sober. And, <clears throat> you know, I was, I was in second stage and, and that's when, you know, the chef recovery brand started going and, 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 and really breaking stigma when it came to, you know, your voice and sharing your story and, 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 and anywhere, anywhere and anywhere I could talk, I would talk. And then all of a sudden I got booked and started getting paid to speak. And I'm like, what's this all about? Like, yeah. I, got, yeah, I got $50 one time and I said, how will you paid me $50? And they're like, I was like, Whoa, this is this? amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Whoa, you do this. This is what happens when you second here. I remember selling an eighth bag for 50 bucks. Now you want me to talk for 50 bucks. I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, 
So, you know, that's, that's where it all started. It was there. And then just, you know, once I got to Fort McMurray and elevated the whole chef thing and getting myself around these celebrities and in, in Fort McMurray, where it was like, you know, <clears throat> strong and, you know, there's a peak of Fort McMurray when I was there. And you now here's this chef again, Here's this chef around all these people. He's just happy, happy, happy. And all he does is talk about, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm this and I'm clean and sober and I'm doing this and this is how I do it. And this is how I do it. And all these people are talking, how do you do this in Fort McMurray, man? There's drugs everywhere. I'm like, there's drugs everywhere. It's not just Fort McMurray. Yeah, right. I was going to say, like, that's the use, thing that people don't realize is yeah. it, it is easier to get blow or H than it probably is for people to pick up a six pack to be honest. Uh, yeah. So like, let's be real. Like you can get whatever you want anytime you want. And it's about what your choices are. No matter what people say, it's choices, period. Uh, sorry. I, I just want to interject that because I, oh, I always true. talk to people and they're like, well, it's, how do you even find that stuff? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not an educational resource for that shit. I said, and secondly, <laughs> I'm just telling you as a, as a parent to parent, you have to be aware it's everywhere. And you have to do your best to instill good choice making, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and then lead by example wherever possible. And, and I don't, this is, I don't mean to be preachy, but I, when people say to me, well, uh, you have to cut certain things out of your life and put yourself in positions to make good choices. I can't go to certain places because I know that'll be a very bad choice very soon to come. And yeah. I know that. So I try to make good choices in advance of making a bad one. <laughs> yeah. 100, 100%, right. And it'd be yeah, like the same absolutely. thing as, you know, when I got out of the cab, you know, when I got to Ottawa in 2008 on February 11th and I'm like, well, where's the treatment center? And he points at the homeless shelter. I'm like, eh, you guys playing with me here? Right. You know, and I, as I get there, you know, five people asked me at my drug of choice before I even got into the goddamn building. And I was like, is this the treatment center? Cause I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to make it. Like, this is like, how is this possible? They're like, yeah. Oh no, Jay, it's next door. And I'm like, okay, next door, meaning like three, four streets down. No, literally 20 feet next door, which was a Salvation Army Boost Center, right? And you know, that's that's where I got clean and sober. I got clean and sober in the heart of Ottawa. I got clean and sober right on, you know, right where the action was. I'd look out oh, my sorry. window and I'd see deals going on. I'd look out my deals, see women doing tricks for deals. I'd look out my window, I'd go next door and eat, and I saw it, right? And yeah. um, the thing was, is I was seeing myself. And now I can look at that and go, you know, the reason that I, I did manage to 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 hold it together and have the strength is every time I, I saw, I was like, oh, that's me. I don't want to do that today. I can't do that today. Like, I don't want to go there. Right. <clears throat> and, sure. um, you know, and that was like just like, you know, in Fort McMurray, when the whole the whole thing, you know, took it to the next level with all the celebrities and getting myself stuck inside of that whole group of stuff and, and creating that, then moving back to Kenora and. And, and opening up a restaurant, that's when, it, you know, the next level of, you know, mental health advocacy came and, um, you know, just, you know, coming back to your hometown after not being here for seven years and this hometown, like follow it, like following you for this whole seven years, right. Of like, there's this guy, we remember this guy and this is how he was. And this is how his life was. He was always in and out of jail. He was always in trouble. He was always on the newspaper. He was always all over the place. Like he wasn't doing good. He was, you know, you know, there, you know, rumor had it that he had died a couple times and, you know, you know, to then come back and, and they see this totally different guy um, that they knew but they had watched on social media for seven years. Right. So all these people have watched for a long time. Like yeah. I've got some people that have watched the journey from day one 
And it's crazy that they they watched this long, right? Too is 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 very admiring and admirable that they they've taken the time to do that, right? When I'm just a guy trying to help myself. And then like, you know, the whole aspect of me, you know, taking taking and making, you know, a, a chef's dream, you know, getting his own food processing facility and creating food products that, yeah. you know, yeah. were award winning and then all across national and international and, 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 and that whole thing about building a TV show called Lake to plate and having a series of Lake to plate. And right. That then brings me, brings me to <clears throat> Ashley. Right. And, and, you know, I had my beautiful daughter destiny throughout that whole time. And, you know, God bless my ex that gave me that beautiful gift. And sure. uh, I'll ever be grateful for, for, for my ex for giving me that gift because it's been a gift. Like destiny has saved me more than once. And the reason her name is destiny is because I'm on a destiny. And every time I look at her, I go destiny. And I, you know, I have to, you know, just saying the word, right. Like Jay, that's why her name is destiny. Right. And um, you know, it's such a beautiful gift. I mean, my kid, goes and does TikToks and yells recovery rocks for people and, and daddy, I got your book. Let's read your book in my room, daddy. And you know, I'm awesome. wide open with my kid and, and my kid knows that my kid knows that I'm, I'm an acting, uh, you know, like I had, I identify as an addict and alcoholic, but I know today that it wasn't the drugs and alcohol that did it. I know it's my thinking that took me there. I was doing this before I was drinking. Right. Yeah. She knows that she knows I've had suicide problems. She knows that I have had depression and anxiety problems. She knows it all. Right. And uh, to her best knowledge at six years old. And then, you know, talking to our kids at this time and age, I think they should we should be wide open with them. My kids should know all this stuff um, in, in a way that it allows her to understand what's really out there in the real world uh, instead of putting a Band-Aid over it. Right. And, um, you know, it brings me to Ashley. And, uh, you know, Ashley is just Ashley. Ashley has saved my life, too, man. Like. I never wanted to be with a girl and in recovery and, and, you know, just for the simple fact that I didn't want somebody to know who I was. Right. Like, so when you're, when you're with, when you're with somebody that is like you, (laughs) you can no longer manipulate the situation anymore. Right. And then also the whole, you know, she's in young recovery. So I kind of always chuckle because of where she's at and stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't want to do that. And because of the first experience I had, but you know, at the end of the day, her coming into my life has just blossomed me into this, this amazing person that I always was just didn't really know that I not saying the women I wasn't with didn't support me. They just didn't get me. And, and having a person that truly gets me has allowed me to work through a lot of things that I was having troubles with before. Um, and our bond and our relationship, I, like I've never had that before in my life. I never, never in my life ever had a bond with a female. Like I got Ashley, um, you know, and, and to meet her at five months and it was recovery at first. That's what it was. We, it was recovery and it just turned into something else. And yeah, you know, yeah. seven months, I say to her, let's do this thing called the recovery couple. I want to go out there and just blast and break stigma in a way that I mean, you can do it. You know, I didn't, you know, Ashley didn't even do a live before. Ashley never talked about her recovery before. Ashley never did anything about her recovery before, right? She just, she just, you know, she, she didn't know this other side, right? She was like, I am attracted to you because you're shiny, you're happy, you laugh, and you have a great time. How do you do that in recovery? Because I have not seen that yet. I, I don't know. I'm spinning out of control. 
Uh, I go to these places. I feel massively overwhelmed because I got to try and people please everybody that has their idea. I don't know how to get through their ideas and how to use all 25 ideas. I just need one idea. And how is it that you've created something that's so easy and manageable and, and palatable that I can understand? I said, I needed to do that for me. Right. Yeah. So that's what I had created. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was really broken when she, <clears throat> when, when we met and, and so was she. And, you know, I, I was, you know, still trying to figure out this co-parenting thing and, 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 and how to be a father. Cause I'd never been a father. And then the co-parenting and dealing with that whole side of things. Cause my daughter was young when we separated, you know? And, uh, so I was, I was still, quite a mess on that side of things and, and the whole self-doubting and even though I was you know working this thing 24 7 like I do because that's what I've always leaned on um you know here here I am you know teaching Ashley my program and then I'm so humbled and broken that she's reteaching me it like I'm at a point in my recovery at at 12 years that she's teaching me my material and then it like refires it like it just restarted the whole the whole fire. It started the whole fire again. Like the the coals had a whole bunch of water on it, and they were barely. You talk about just like you talk about just getting through life. Well, <clears throat> at, at year twelve, it was just routine to wake up, dress up, show up, take part in life. Just talk, Jay. All you got to do is talk, so you don't feel like shit. Just talk, even though you feel like shit because you don't know how to. You don't know how to deal with all that's coming at you through the processing of the co-parenting thing, the, the separation, you know, also the fact that, you know, I, I had went through that as a kid. So I always had that, you know, inkling that I didn't want to be in a, a situation where the parents split. I didn't want that. Right. Um, so I was having a hard time dealing, dealing with that. And um, it was bringing up a lot of, it was bringing up a lot that I had to deal with around that stuff which was good it was a positive because it you know made me dig deep um and then you know I was like I was like yeah, let's do this Ashley and she's she didn't even know what she was getting into I just said let's go <laughs> she you know and so now like this week this week was live 97 so 97 weeks in a row of doing the recovery couple on our Facebook page which is pretty much our whole entire relationship in the open on social media yeah. about yeah. how two people can learn to love each other, heal together, be there for each other, struggle together, but always have each other's back because they have an understanding of what life is. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing, actually. It's, it's impressive to see that evolution uh, through not only your relationship, but how much you give back at the same time together. Uh, for people that watch and participate in, in the live, in the live streams. It's, it's, it's great, dude, honestly. And, and what, what I do want to point out that at the difference in Ashley at episode 97 versus like episode one or two, if I can call them episodes <laughs> yeah. is incredible. Like oh, uh, and she was always a, a charming, wonderful giving person, but she was a little bit more reserved. Reserved. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, she's herself though. She yeah. is, she is, she is, she, she has boundaries set up in place. She tells me I'm proud of her. Like she, she, you know, she is taking care of her the best so way she great. knows how. It's and so then great. Absolutely. remember when we, uh, not to digress. Well, but she did. Episode, you were the first one she did. Yeah. With yeah. her, bro. And she stayed just out of range of the camera. Like she would pop her head in at first and then come out of range. 
And for people listening, like we record and I, we can see each other through Zoom, right? No big secret. And Ashley would stay off camera. And then when she would answer a question, pop in and then pop off. And then towards halfway through, she stayed on camera the rest of the time because she got her legs, right? She started to feel like comfortable and, and, and everything, uh, which is great. And to see her now through recovery, through how hard she works to get back and through the videos and Facebook and stuff. It's a marvelous transition. And I'm I'm going to say it this way, and I don't mean it in a kind of setting way, but I'm very proud of her to put herself out there like that with, with through everything. I mean, it's great. So Ashley, when and if you listen to this, uh, it's not only great to know you, but I'm so proud to be the first podcast that you did. And look yeah. at you now. I mean, you guys are killing it. It's, it's great. Well, and also she just did, she just stepped out in, in her, in like, she just stepped out in her recovery with Shaw and they did a, they did an episode or they did like a Shaw spotlight on Ashley. So they did a, it was women, uh, power women in recovery yeah. and Ashley and her two daughters did this Shaw spotlight and her daughters talked about her in active using it. What it's like in recovery, both daughters, you know, and wow, how wow. powerful that is to just open up and go hit national TV, uh, and talk about your struggles with your kids, with yeah. your kids, the families that those girls are going to help. They don't even know. They yeah. do not even know what's going to come about from the people that they're going to help. And I've said this all, I've said this from day one. I don't know the people I help. And there's all kinds of people like, you know, there's this, 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 this dad reached out, this girl reached out to me and I had a consultation with her yesterday. And I used to work with her dad at the Delta hotel in Ottawa. I didn't know this guy still followed me. We're talking, we're talking 12 years ago. He told her to get a hold of me because you know he's got this book and he's just crushing it in recovery and you might get something from him. And here I, I, you know, I, I haven't talked to this guy in 12 years. And he's still watching. He may not be liking it or, or commenting, but he's watching the stuff that hits his feed. There's the pink toque. There's a pink toque. He's loud, he's proud, he's on fire. Right. That's what he's doing. And it's it's just like, it's hard not to be, it's hard, you know, it's hard not for it to not get contagious. uh, Absolutely. And and that's, so maybe because the recovery couple is, I I love it. Uh, And I love hype recovery, by the way, too. So maybe we could talk about, or have you describe to people what hype recovery is about your books, about your program, uh, because it's great and and i love it and, and just everyone if you haven't seen the videos you got to follow and we'll have, have all this in the show notes but uh instagram tiktok etc all of the powerful and more more importantly the emotional and raw videos that you put out there are great man um it's my favorites are the people that you do the side-by-sides with when they're talking about the impact that you've had uh and it's great because it's humble and it's real and, and it's it's what I like the most is you help people stand on their own two feet, which is amazing. Yeah. you know, that, that, that's, that's the interesting thing. Like I, I started building this, like I said, in 2000, 2011, right. So AA one year, NA second year, I'm missing something, get a relationship coach the first two months of year, year three. And coming through that, I, I came to the realization that thinking thoughts patterns, and it was like a real baha moment for me because I was missing something in me. And I was like, wait a second here. I identify as an addict and an alcoholic because I sure was. Right. But this started way before the booze came. 
like my thinking thoughts and patterns led me to the food, led me to the porn, led me to the sex, led me to, led me to, then led me to the drinking. Right. So let's take a look at this, Jay. Where did this start? So it started way back before the booze even came into play. So we talk about like labels, right? Like, so I identify as an acting alcoholic. Sure. Cause I was one, but I'm addicted to more. It doesn't matter what it is. Give me more. Right. Like, so yeah. how can I put a yeah. label on more? What, what is that? What the thing is going to be as long as this house, like, I don't got time to tell you how many labels I got. Here I am. This is what I am. I'm more. That's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, if, if some's good, more is better. Yeah, right. I totally get that. Absolutely, and it didn't matter what it was, and it still doesn't matter today. And yeah, and the so then the end of year three, I get a sober coach, and I remember going to AA. I remember going to an AA meeting and say, "Hey, look. they're like, where have you been?" So I said, "I told them." I said, "Listen, I I went and I went and got a coach. Why are you paying for your recovery?" I said, "Hold on here a second. I I." I well, your recovery should be free or your recovery is free. I said, my recovery is free. Uh, what about the millions of dollars that I just, you know, blasted through my nose and my arms and drank in my liver? Is that free? Because I'm not 100% sure. I'd like, if that's the case, please give me back the 10 million. Um, <laughs> I didn't get a $10 million check when I left that room. So I, yeah. I don't know where that is. Um, but it, it's basically the concept of like, you know, they're, you know, these are the ways you do this is how you get it. And don't step outside the box. I stepped outside the box to be a trailblazer because I wanted to be, I wanted something more. I needed something more. I wanted to be something more. I wanted to live life, have life and get life. Right. Yeah. So I get a sober coach for four months at the end of year three or four months of year three. And, and I come to the conclusion through that 15 things I identified 15 things that I was missing for me that I never got in two years, which essentially is the journey is, is essentially what hyper recovery coaching is today. The journey to 30, the journey to 90 and the 180. 180 being the full on 15 sessions, which isn't released yet, which will be in the summer. So, but when I came out of that back then it was called help my personal effort. And I identified with the first six that are in the journey to 30 which is thinking thoughts, patterns, triggers, series of events, and boundaries. And I went, wait a second here. How come I was never explained yeah. or even brought up in the avenue of any of these words? Because these, if you look at the last three, triggers, series of events, boundaries, that's the fuel. That's the fuel that's going to take me anywhere I'm going. If I don't know what boundaries are, I'm, I'm cooked. And in the consultations, more than half of them say it's a football line. And yes, I agree. A boundary is a, a, I'm sorry, a football line? Yeah, you know, like the line on the football field? They say oh, yeah, okay, line. yeah. Got okay. a bounds! Well, yes, you're right. That is what a boundary is. But that's not the kind of boundaries I'm talking about. Do you know how to set up healthy boundaries for yourself, for your behavior, and for the way you act, and your actions, and reaction? Like, you got, what's the first boundary you put up when you get clean and sober? I got to have a healthy boundary not to drink or use. That's a boundary. Well, how, how come I wasn't told that? Because I can relate with boundary. Okay, I have a boundary. Just like I know I have an allergic reaction to drugs and alcohol. It breaks me out in the handcuffs and I die. I don't want to do that. Right? Like, why would I want to do that? I, I don't want to do that today. So yeah. I have the boundary. But if I don't have boundaries and then a series of events happens, series of event meaning a day, a holiday, something, right, that had happened during the day. Well, now it's going to trigger me. Right. So now the gasoline coming from the boundaries to the 
to the series of events to the trigger is now going to get my pattern because now I'm going to go back into a pattern, yeah. which then takes my thoughts and then drives my thinking to whatever I'm going to go to. So we are already relapsing and using before we actually use. So that's the misconception on a relapse. When you ask somebody, what's a relapse? I use. No, wrong. You're relapsing and planning out the relapse before it happens. And that is the truth because it all happens here. And people don't want to hear that because it's the truth, right? That's the truth. So you are actually subconsciously thinking about it before it's even happening, even before it's happening. So I relapse on every day, thinking, thoughts, patterns, triggers, series of events. Ah, fuck my toe. I stopped it. Well, that's negative thoughts now. Now I'm driving myself with negative thinking plus negative thoughts are going to be the same patterns, which is insanity. So if I'm not looking to change my insanity into sane, I'm going to get the same results, but repeat the same and just keep repeat, repeat, repeat. We're result driven people. So we want results. We just don't know how to get the results because we're stuck in insanity. So if you flip that around and go positive thinking plus positive thoughts equals memories to last a lifetime. So now you're creating new memories. You're creating new memories so that you can not look at the old memories gets you through the times, right? So you have to really look at that. And then you got to look at the triggers, which triggers are are, are are thinking traps, right? So we have a thinking trap going off in our mind, which is in session three. So there's thinking traps. So we have things going in our mind and then it gets in a trap. And then we obsess about it. And we wonder why we're obsessing about it. Now that's taking over us. Now we're compulsively doing stuff that we don't know how to do. Yelling, screaming, being mad, angry, frustrated, doing things we shouldn't do, watching things we shouldn't do, talking to ourselves the way we shouldn't talk to ourselves, right? Or say a series of events being a day. So, you know, maybe last Christmas I got just jarred. And then all of a sudden it's Christmas day and I'm wondering why I'm so discontent that, you know, not there, uh, thinking about other things, pulling away from the family, kind of in the corner, really reserved. Well, I got to look what happened on the day. So what happened on the day? I got to identify and be aware of what's going on. If I'm not identifying, how can I even be aware? Well, I'm not because I'm already setting myself up out. Right. Well, I, I relate to exactly what you said. Uh, and I'll just use the, my anger example from what you just described. What, what I was doing was I would allow myself to get triggered by anything. And my my response, instead of drinking and drugging, was anger and yelling and screaming. And I was always just pissed off and miserable, ruining my children's and my wife's good day. No matter what it was, it didn't matter. And then, so I really had to work on learning how to, and the therapy helped me do this, receive the trigger, whatever it normally would be, redefine it in my head, feel it coming, work very hard to change my response in a positive way through positive thoughts and put it in a different bucket. And I'm not, and it took, and I'm still working very hard on it. And it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. And and I have days or moments where I, I lose the grip of it. But I get what you're saying 100% because it really comes down to I being, I'm going to call it self-awareness. I'm not a therapist, yeah. but I, I yeah. like to call it self-awareness because I can feel it and I can positively excuse myself from the situation of the room for a moment, catch my breath, drop my keys and pick them up for a moment, give myself that break, and then come back and be able to handle it in a positive way 
constructive way. And I'm, I'm oversimplifying here for the listeners. Please understand that I, I realize there's a lot more to it than that. But what I'm saying is I get what you're saying because my learned response, my anger replaced my drinking and drugging. And just like you described, that was my new addiction. And I, I couldn't figure out what the fuck happened to me. Um, so now like you were, you were allowing yourself though. Right. So that's, oh, yeah, 100%. that's the other part of it. Right. Is that, you know, when, 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 when I'm in, you know, when I'm, when I'm coaching in the, in the message, man, I go, no, you're allowing yourself and 100%. giving yourself permission right now. This is about you. So go ahead and tell me about 17 other people that are bothering you right now. You're looking for an excuse for me to tell you to go drinking, not happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're going to go absolutely. take yourself out. So you have to learn that you have to allow and give yourself permission. And, and just like, you know, just like this picture here, I know that's me, you know, when I was five years old, that's the last time I remember being, being happy at five. I was Jay Corey, right. At, at a hockey arena. And I had to go back and pick this guy up and bring this guy on the journey with me. And that was the, that was the, I was here as Jay Barnard and he was over here way saying, Hey, when are you going to come get me, Jay? We need to get this journey going. Me and you, you, you remember me? I'm not mad at you. I still love you. I know that you went through all that stuff. Can you just come pick me up? I want to come on the journey to make you whole. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I did that, it was like, it was like a, a really time. It was, it was a really moment of change for me because then all of a sudden I could identify, right? I was always wondering what that other missing piece was, which was this little guy that I left behind. I left What behind. a great way to do that, dude. I mean, so... I got chills a little bit. Like, I love that if this isn't a, just a metaphor, this is like I, he, uh, the picture and how you connected that, those two pieces of you together and give yourself permission to be happy. And then I guess the, the younger you forgiving the older you, I may be making more of this than I should, but I love that you actually have the picture to say, this is a moment that I can go back to, to build on. I, I, that's really good. That's really cool. What a great way to handle that. So, and so that's what I ask people, right? I say, you know, have you had a situation where you left your little you somewhere? And hmm. 99% of the time, most of us addicts and alcoholics have less left our little you somewhere. And I say, okay, well, when's the last time you're happy? Do you have a picture? You know, and they'll say, oh yeah, or no. Right. And I say, I've carried this picture. This thing has been with me. Like this is me at five years old playing hockey. The arena, the arena is right down the street. So I had to go pick. I walked down there with this picture, took him with me, put him in my pocket, said, okay, let's start this journey, Jay. Right. And, um, and it's, that's, you know, so when you really think about what hype recovery coaching is, it's help your personal effort. That's what we're doing. You're helping your personal effort though. You're helping your personal effort, not me. I'm sitting here listening to you because you want all the answers to the questions that you don't know. And what's funny about all that is you actually know the answers to the questions. You just can't hear your answers because you're too caught up in whatever else is going on. So while you're talking to me and I'm listening really good because I'm a really good listener and I want to pick up on things. I want to get to know you. I want to know who you are. I'm listening. I'm listening. And then when I feel it's ready to give you that answer. I give you that answer because you're asking for it. And then that's what a good coach is going to do for you. A good coach is going to give you that answer. They're going to work you through it. Right. And they're going to go that way. So my experience with the counselor is they kept me in trauma and past. I could only go A to B, A to B, A to B, A to B. Right. That's all I could do. I felt like I was like 
bing bong, you know, that TikTok, bing bong, bing bong, yeah. bing bong. That's what it felt like. That's how exactly how it felt. I felt like I was kind of getting ahead and then all of a sudden, blah, back in, right? So we're not, I don't, <clears throat> I do not. We, we, we talk about it. I'm a solution-based guy that does not live in a problem. And we do not have to live inside a problem. We have to live in the solutions. How do we get to the solutions? Well, the majority of society lives in the past, lives in their trauma. They don't know how to deal with that. That's why these counselors and whatever else keep you there. And then they don't get you out. They don't push you forward. They don't like, it's like, well, what the hell? Right? So I want to touch on it. I want to hear a little bit of it. I want to see where you're at with it. And the biggest thing is, can you swallow that pill of allowing yourself? I Here's a big one. I had to swallow the pill and allow myself to forgive everything that happened before five. I didn't ask for that stuff to happen. Yeah. But it's a reservation and a resentment. RR, not Royal Reserve whiskey, but that's where it could lead, right? It's resentment and a reservation of me not allowing to forgive and give myself permission to let go. So I'm holding on. Why am I holding on? It's fucking 30 years later. Yeah, Why am right. I holding on to that? Because I'll tell you right now, the people that did it to me, <laughs> where are they? They're not in pain, <laughs> right? Who's the one in pain? I'm in pain. So I had to allow myself and give myself permission to let go of what happened, even though I didn't allow it to happen in order for me to move forward in a positive yeah. way so that I didn't have resentments or reservations that would get me to go out tough pill to swallow but swallowing that pill allowed me to not live in the past and allowed me to live in the now not live in the was but live in the now right so a lot of people live in the was well well no that's 1990 fuck it's gone it's 20 years ago right it's gone and um a great way to look at it and i have to admit i do struggle with a lot of things that happened to me in my past and, and i'm learning to deal with that and move forward from it i'm gonna and forgive myself and move through it the right way and it's taken a long time to get here uh, in recovery being in recovery helped me get to the point where i can start working on the source of these problems and the trauma and the reasons that I drank and drugged, uh, because I do, I'm the one that drank and drugged. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and go, it was somebody else's fault. I did the drinking, I did the drug. But, but there were some manifest things in my life from a trauma perspective that led me down that path. And again, I take full ownership for all of my actions. And I, I don't want anyone to listen and think that I'm pointing fingers at anybody but myself. But I will like to point out that, like you said, there were some things traumatic in my life in the past that that did things to me uh and we can and we and we can and we can and we cannot minimize that as our growth if we want to grow we have to be honest with ourselves and say listen i didn't allow this to happen to me so now i'm always going to feel like the victim because I, i i didn't allow it but am i going to allow that victim to consume me and beat me up or am i going to find it somewhere in myself to okay, I got to get past this. How do I get past this? Right. I have to allow myself and give myself permission in order to let it go. So most people will get to the allow stage, but they won't get to the permission stage because once you get to the permission stage, that's saying, yes, you're going to let it go. 
So people always ask, how do you let go of stuff? I just gave you the, I just gave you the key in the lock, allow yourself and give yourself permission to say yes, which then is the allow. So the minute that you let go, there's only one person in the world that can take that back is you. So if you, if you want to get back in your way and let that, as your door is closed, open the door and let it go in and go, who's the next contestant to fuck Jay's head, (laughs) then you're going to do that. Right. It's not who it's not, it's not, it's not you. That's going to fuck my head. It's me. That's fucking my head. I'm already building stories up 10 years ahead of time that haven't even happened yet. Why am I so far ahead of time? Yeah. Well, it's real. Like the, I, one of the things, like you said, it's thought patterns and I catch myself grumping and complaining and bitching in my head, allowing myself to be in a bad mood and then receive any kind of anything to, to flip the switch to make me angry. And I have to make the, the source of my not getting angry is me staying in a positive mindset and just shoveling my own shit, not anybody else's shit. I can't worry about everybody else in a polite way. I'm a father and a husband. So there's that. But what I'm saying is I I have to learn to keep my thoughts clean and positive and stay out of situations that lead me down the wrong path. Uh, And unfortunately that does mean that there are certain people that I had to let go of in my life because what is that? What is that? What is that called? That's called boundaries. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Right. So everybody dodges around the word boundaries, but everybody describes it. That is a boundary, right? You put about just like me. I haven't talked to my dad in 10 years because his toxicity, I allow to toxify me, not him. I allow his toxicity (laughs) to toxify me. So now I'm allowing myself permission to take in his negative stuff that negatively impacts me. He doesn't do it because he goes on to the next person and does it. Right. I do it to myself. So I must put up a healthy boundary, right? Even through the process of all the things that happened to me, I took that big pill and swallowed it and said, hey, listen, I forgive my dad for everything that he did. I love my dad for who he is. Yeah. I just can't have a relationship with him today. And that is okay because it's my recovery, right? And I can so put the- up that healthy boundary because his toxicity makes – I make his to- – I make his toxicity make me sick, not his toxicity makes me sick. No, I make his toxicity make me sick. So I own the toxicity because I'm allowing it and giving it permission to get me. Everything comes back to yourself. And if you can do that, if you can do that, thinking, thoughts, patterns, triggers, series of events, boundaries. I'm telling you right now, I'm watching people. And we've only launched for 93 days, launched for 93 days. I'm working with one person right now. She's drank three years straight nonstop, right? She's been with me for two weeks. She went five days, lapsed once. That's it. She lapsed. She didn't reach out. That was the problem. She was scared to reach out. Now she's got 10 more days. So three years, every single day, every night, you know, she'd say to me, oh, the weekend's coming. I said, we can't come on. Who you, who you can didn't, didn't you know Saturday and Sunday were part of the weekend? Uh, every day ends in Y. Don't throw the weekend at me because that's just a bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? It's a false belief. Weekend. Well, now it's not called Saturday or Sunday. So, no, I only drink on the weekends. Well, how come you drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? They end in Y. Well, I drink only on the week. No, you don't. It's Saturday and Sunday. It's all Ys. So you're always asking yourself why? Well, all the yeah. days end in Y. 
That's why, right? So at the end of the day, it's like, I'm super proud of her. I am mega oh, proud oh, of her yeah. for the simple fact that I'm not a treatment center. So I'm not taking people in. I'm getting on here just like I'm getting on here with you. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to uh, do the work for you. I'm not a guy that's going to enable you. So enabling would be me, you know, oh man, I haven't heard from them all day. I should reach out. But if their problem is reaching out, I'm enabling them by reaching out to them. So that's giving them the ammunition to say, they can now manipulate me and say, well, you didn't reach out to me. No, sorry. That's not how the game works. Right. Game over. Yeah, and that's the thing, dude. Like uh, all of us in recovery know all the bullshit, all the angles, all the crap. It's good luck trying to fuck with us. Like if you, if there's, we've seen it and done it all. We've lied to everybody you can possibly fucking think of, made up all the bullshit, spent all the money, hit it, did whatever. So anyone that tries to play that, uh, I can't because I'm this, or I'm going to do it when, or if this happens, bullshit. I'm like, look, I, I can't help you even, you have to help yourself. I can't do anything for you. And I say that because I, I get what you're saying. When, when people tell me that, well, I'm going to January 1st, the resolution is a big one, right? I'm going to quit this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, you ain't going to do shit. Because if you're waiting that three weeks to burn every fucking, to burn the barn down, and then on the first, all of a sudden, you're going to be magically in recovery. That doesn't fucking work like that. you got to choose to do it right the fuck now. Because it's not comfortable. And it's not easy. And it's all shit ton of work. So don't lie to me. Don't lie to you. Don't lie to anybody else. Because anyone believing this is enabling you, just like you said. And I won't have it. I won't be a dick about it. But don't include me in your nonsense. I don't want to be a part of that. Well, and the other thing is, is like a lot of people wear other people's shit, right? Like, so, you know, yeah. people always ask me, like, how, how, how? How do you not wear people's shit? Well, it's their shit. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> it's not mine. Yeah. I'm not going to my closet to wear somebody else's shit. I'm putting on my clothes. Why? Why would I? Why would I wear their shit? They're coming to me to dump their shit. Their shit yeah. goes down the toilet. I'm not. I don't need Absolutely. their shit. That's not my shit. I'm, but that I'm does that them. is this learned skill set to be able to help people and not carry it for them. Um, and it, and when I was using and drinking, I would do that. I would find chaos. And put it on my back and carry it around. And in recovery, you learn to let that go in a positive way and not get involved in the chaos and handle things differently. So, but it's a learned skill, Jay. I, I think that you, what you're saying though, is that in re- helping people, you have to teach them that I should, how do I say this the right way? Everyone has to learn how to only carry about their shit, I guess. Is how, I, I'm not saying that eloquently at all. But, but so then that falls into what? accountability yeah so you need to be accountable to yourself yes you need other people you do you can't do this alone definitely but you need to be accountable to the first person you're looking at in the mirror which is you so you need to get up in the morning and say i got this i can do this i believe in myself i'm worth it i can get through this i you know i have the two it's like i'm a chef so if my knife is dull what do i do sharpen the knife if my tool in my toolbox is rusty, I go buy a new tool. If I'm starting to get blisters on my feet while I'm walking in my shoes, I am not going to keep walking in my shoes to get a bigger blister because that hurts. I go buy a new pair of shoes. <laughs> right? No, dude, so, I, I absolutely love it, man. Um, so at the end of the day, it's like, if this isn't working for you, then there's other avenues for you to try. 
Yeah. So absolutely. if it is that you want to go to the same place for 25 years and keep trying, that is amazing. I'm proud of you. Keep trying. I'm going to root and love you either way. It doesn't matter. You're going to of see course. the pink hair. You're going to see the pink toque jump in, yell and scream at you and, and give you the big props. That's what happens. I'll do it anyway. Right. So I, that people, you know, they always say, well, what if I don't want, I, you don't, you don't have to have me as a coach. You can just go buy the material and do the material at your own house. I am grateful that you're taking the material and taking the time for you. That's what it's about. It's about you, right? So if you get something out of my material, while well, you're sitting at home, moving at your own pace, at your own leisure through our programming and sessions, that's a win. If you don't want the pink toothed guy on the other side of the screen, that's fine too, right? I <laughs> I absolutely love it. So how, Jay, do people find you by your book? Again, all of the links will be in the show notes, of course, but uh, just how do people find you? Because so you can go to www.hypercoverycoach.com. So you're going to find everything there, right? So you're going to find uh, the get started. So if you press the get started button, you're going to see our programs. You're going to see a discovery call. So if you're wanting to get a discovery call, a discovery call is a consultation. I don't like to call it a consultation. I like to call it a discovery call because we're getting to discover each other on a positive way. So then you go in and book your discovery call and that puts you in place, pick a time and a date. And then me and you get into this discovery call for 30 minutes to an hour. And we talk about what's going on with you. And if hyper recovery coaching is for you, that's great. If hyper recovery coaching is not for you and you got something out of me in that hour, that is absolutely amazing too. Yeah. If it is, you want to go get the books, then you get the books. You just, there's links on there that, that, that there's, there, you know, the books are there. Go buy the books on Amazon, you know, uh, a portion of those proceeds go to building our dream. Ashley and I have a dream to build a treatment center here in Kenora, Ontario, Canada. It's called project hyper recovery. So a portion of the books, fortunately I got to pay you know, Amazon and Benzo or whatever his name is over there. Yeah, I got to pay that guy to have the books. So there's only a portion of that stuff that comes this way. But you can also find the swag there so you can be a part of the Pink Nation. We just released these sexy toques um, and, and we got the hoodies and we got the, 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 the shirts. Right. So a lot of people say, well, why Pink Jay? And well, I, I was at the Salvation Army. And they gave me this voucher. So I went to a thrift store and I saw this pink shirt and I was heading off to an NA dance to get myself lucky because that's what you do in early recovery. You go to an NA dance and you try and figure out how to have fun when you don't know how to have fun. So I figured if I put on a pink shirt, I'd be able to be somebody that I wasn't and I'd be able to go dancing and possibly get a piece of tail or laid or something like that. Right. Like that's where the thought process was. So anyways, I show up to the dance. And, and things are going great. This girl says, man, do you ever look good in pink? The aggressive salmon pink. From that day forward, I love pink because she acknowledged me in a shirt that I bought from the Sally Ann. And she said, I look good. So it was one of the first times in my life that I, that I heard acknowledgement coming through like something, right? So pink really, that is where the pink came from is, is I've, I fell in love in, with pink, like, you know, Dude, I gotta tell you, man, uh, love you a long time, brother. I, it's, it's not only great to know you, it's great to call you a friend, you and Ashley both, you guys are doing great things. And it's always my honor to have you on the show. And, uh, I can't wait to see what you guys do going forward, man. I it's, it's always great. Well, And then the whole opportunity too. So like, you know, all the proceeds from the, the swag, hundred percent of the profits, you know, 
go to the project. Ashley and I have raised $1,300 in the last six months. You know, you don't make a lot of money on swag. So that's a lot of swag going out the door. Um, And, you know, so, so that we got that going on the hype recovery swags in the shop. So you can buy the the shirts and the hats and the toques and, and um, you know, on Facebook every Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, Ashley and I go live and talk about our recovery. Uh, We pick a topic and and we just, we, we just talk openly about our recovery um, which is amazing because you get to see us both. Actually, in the month of February, Ashley and I are going to do couples coaching. So we're going to do, uh, it's called uh, Love Yourself to Love Your Lover February uh, with the recovery couple uh, going through the journey to 30. Uh, so we're going to be looking for four <coughs> four couples uh, to uh, love yourself to love your lover. Uh, <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? I love it. Awesome. Exactly, right? And uh so, so we're going to do that. Um, there's just some, there's just all kinds of amazing things happening. Uh, you know, the opportunity in six or nine months from now, like I've been talking to you about becoming a, a hyper recovery coach. So, you know, we do want to bring on more coaches. Uh, we're actually working on a bilingual book right now. So you're going to be proud of this because you're, you know, Italian and I see you always talk about that stuff. And, you know, so the first book we're actually producing and publishing right now is French. So we're actually going to have a bilingual because we know there's a void in the mental health system when it comes to bilingual stuff for people that are trying to get help. So I'm super excited about that. I actually want to talk to you about maybe making this into, you know, your guys's language. And um, that's what it's about for us. It's about uh, helping every single person and also, you know, partnering up with uh, Firebox Glass uh, out of Ottawa, Ontario, Simone and, and uh, Susan. So when you transition from our programs, the journey to 30, we give you a journey bracelet that comes with the handcrafted beads um, that have a color and a meaning to every single session and and the most exciting thing and then the necklace for the 90 and then the 180 you get both but the most exciting thing with this one and I got goosebumps right now and I do every time is being able to help uh, another uh, group of people because Susan is uh, visually impaired and a person autism uh, and giving them the opportunity to be part of a a real positive movement uh, in a way that you know you get to wear their art their work their meaning their love, their handcrafted things on you after you went through our programs and sessions. So you're getting to know yourself and you're actually getting to help other people that are, that are so special. Their art is amazing. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, you know, if you would ask me 14 years ago, if you would ask me 14 years ago, cause I'm 21 days out <clears throat> of 14 days. So this last 21 days, 14 years ago was the hardest using I'd ever done in my life because I didn't want to go. You know, yeah, the only yeah. place I wanted to go was six feet under. If you would have asked me if I would be here today and if I would accomplish all the amazing things I've done, you know, the first amazing accomplishment is get to know Jay and love Jay for Jay and be there for Jay and have Jay uh, to then turn it into not just helping Canada, but the world, you know, we've touched the world in, in 93 days from UK to Malaysia, to, to Philippines, to all over the U S to Canada, to Alaska, to Hawaii. It's amazing. No way. There's no way I would have told you that there's not a chance that I would tell you that I would take 11 years to build a program and become a recovery author after losing, closing a business and losing a whack of money to turning it around and launching one of my biggest dreams in the world, 
and becoming a recovery author through a pandemic to go help people. Um, Can't you, know, do that. you would never, you, I would have never told you yes on that one. It's amazing. And I think a magical place to end because how do you top any of that? I mean, um, Jay, I love you, brother. It's great I love to you have too. you on and keep doing what you guys are doing, man. You're helping so many people and I love knowing you. I love knowing you too. Thanks for having me again. My pleasure, brother.